This is Susan Kilkenny. Welcome to TaftCast, an internal series of podcasts and webcasts for attorneys and staff to share tips, trends, and additional insight on the marketing and business development front. And now, let's listen. Hello all, thanks for listening. I'm Megan Riley, Senior Business Development Manager in the Cleveland office. Today, March 8th is International Women's Day. In recognition of this observance, today's podcast will feature a conversation between TAP's Gender Advancement Committee co-chairs and two of TAP's Women Associates. Let's start by introducing yourselves. Tracy. Hi everyone, I'm Tracy Betts and I'm a partner in the litigation department in our Indianapolis office, co-chair of the Gender Advancement Committee and I also serve on the firm's participation committee. I've been at the law firm almost 17 years, having been an associate here and I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Sonia. Hi, I'm Sonia Jindal Torque. I'm a partner in the Cincinnati office and I do tax and estate planning work. And I have been at the firm now for 15 years. I started as a summer associate and I am very excited to be here and have this conversation as well. Nicolette. Hi, my name is Nicolette Kewins. I'm a sixth year litigation associate in the Chicago office. And I've been with Taft for just over two years now and I'm very much looking forward to today. Allison. I'm Allison Smith Newsom. I'm a second year associate in the health law group. I've been with Taft for about four years and started as a summer associate as well. Okay, great. Thanks everyone for joining today. I know Allison and Nicolette have a few questions for our discussion. So Allison, I'll let you kick it off. Thank you. So Sonia and Tracy, our first question, how did each of you become involved with Taft's Gender Advancement Committee? And can you briefly describe the work that you do in that role? We got involved in gender advancement a little bit of trial by fire and um, at the request of Bob Hicks. So Bob, our chairman, had approached both of us about being in this role. He wanted to create a new committee with the firm that would focus on the issues that women uniquely face in law firms. And so it wasn't so much of an ask, but as a tell. So he told <laughs> us that we were going to be in this role. And we were both a little overwhelmed not having seen this committee before. We weren't really sure what the reach of it was supposed to be, what our role was. Uh, we were very lucky. Bob gave us a lot of permission and flexibility to make it what we felt was appropriate for the firm and, and gave us a wonderful committee that helped steer us in that direction. So it was a interesting first couple of months where we were trying to define our mission, which is something that we did focus a lot on and really kind of develop who are we at the firm and what is it that we want to do and accomplish. So a lot of planning and thinking went into that. And the other part of it that was particularly stressful is that Bob also said, not only do I want you guys to co-chair this new committee, but in three months, I want you to put on the first ever women's symposium for the firm. I mean, when we first got the committee started off the ground, we really mined into the data to see where our firm is at and how it compares to other firms and where they're at. And that was kind of the, the basis for our first presentation at the, the symposium. And from there, we develop an action plan to address some of the issues that were raised at the symposium from the, the data we collected. And as a result of that, we've created different work-life balance programs. We have 
the corporate care solutions backup care program. We have Milk Stork for the shipping of women's breast milk. We've done the GAC newsletter to, you know, bring more awareness to women's practices. So they are more involved in the work everybody's doing and people can utilize women more frequently on, on deals and different cases and projects. You know, we're always looking at what we can be doing better, trying to come up with new ideas as a committee. We are working on, for example, a uh, a handbook for people who are going on parental leave, because a lot of questions come up in the context of, I'm going on leave, who do I tell? Who is a proper person to tell? How do I tell somebody I'm going on leave? And how do I manage any reactions that might come with that? How do I report my time when I'm on leave? There's been like a whole host of questions that have come up in the context of parental leave for both men and women. You know, men have sought guidance on whether they should take the full leave, is that okay? Or is that gonna be frowned upon? And so we're really trying to put some framework around that to give people guidance on how to handle issues that come up when they go on parental leave. One of the things that we do that is kind of undercover is we're trying to just normalize the idea of successful women in large law firms, right? So we wanna make sure that when speakers are coming in, that women are being considered for those roles and not just to talk about women's issues, but to talk about business and to talk about what we do as a law firm. Because the more we highlight and showcase women, just being lawyers and being successful at being lawyers, the more that just becomes a normal thing for everybody and it becomes less of a conversation that we have to have. You know, we've often said that our goal is that maybe the gender advancement committee isn't something that's necessary someday because nobody really sees us as female lawyers anymore. We're just part of the team. And of course, women are rainmakers. And of course, women are lead trial attorneys. And of course, they lead deals. So we really focus a lot on trying to evaluate what sorts of things can we do that aren't necessarily about focusing on talking about women's issues, but just bringing attention to the fact that women are out there that are extraordinarily successful by their own right, and they should be considered to be these outstanding lawyers and not just outstanding female lawyers. So that's one thing that we do pay a lot of attention to as well. And a lot of that work is done at the local offices through the Women of TAF groups. So each office has its own Women of TAF groups, and it's led by a partner and an associate in each of those offices. And they do different activities and have a different presence in each of our different markets. And that's really driven by what the market needs or what the market, the vibe of each market. And, and so we don't try to control that, but we really try to support that. So those women can go out there and showcase the women of Taft and what they're doing and really try to put out there how successful these people are. One of the things we learned very early on is that people did not understand that we do have a lot of female rainmakers in the firm. You know, that's not something that maybe is as well known as it should be. So uncovering those sorts of issues and trying to figure out ways to address them is also part of what we do. Sonia and Tracy, I know when you're describing the sort of origin story of the Gender Advancement Committee, you both sort of touched on challenges that we might perceive to us specifically as women in the practice of law. So I'm curious, what are the unique challenges or barriers that you've each faced in your career as a woman, and how have you worked to overcome those? Yeah. <laughs> I think it changes for generations, and so I'm a Gen Xer. 
And for me, when I came into, uh, so I, full disclosure, I started off at a smaller law firm that had uh, 25 attorneys and five months later, I ended up here. So I had like a little detour. There's only one woman attorney at that firm. And when I came here, we had more women attorneys, but very few female partners, and they were significantly older than me. And there was really no true opportunity for female mentorship, which meant I had to basically figure it out on my own or ask the men around me when I'm not looking up and seeing anybody that looks like me. And so that was one of the initial barriers for me is that there's truly just was no female mentorship opportunities. And so my whole goal was to play it very neutral and not be a woman attorney and try to just go with the flow and fit in as much as possible. But from that moment, I mean, it's been everything from being mistaken for the court reporter, being called sweetheart during depositions, nobody thinking that you're tough enough. Um, I once had, after I had a baby, <clears throat> I had a partner say, oh, can you be here by nine o'clock for a deposition? You know, and you're like, well, I'm here every day by eight. So I think that works, you know, it's stuff like that where people are trying to be helpful but they're actually discriminating against you by doing it. And so you don't wanna be a jerk because they're trying to be helpful, but you also want the opportunity. And you really have to learn to say, let me tell you no, I want to know about these opportunities. And if I can't do it, I'll tell you no, but you don't decide for me. I don't need you to be my dad. And so a lot of paternalism um, because a lot of the men here think they're being great and helpful. And so trying to navigate that is always a barrier because when you scare somebody off, they may not come back to ask you to work with them again, or they may not try to help you. So there's a delicate balance of standing up for yourself and not wanting to offend somebody so much when they weren't trying to be offensive. I feel very strongly about what we do standing up for women, but I also really try to see myself first as a lawyer at Taft. And those sometimes kind of compete with each other. I see it getting better. Uh, there are far more women in positions of power than I ever would have imagined. And I think that's very helpful to do what I kind of talked about earlier, which is normalizing this idea that, so what that there was women on the executive committee, of course, there are women on the executive committee. I mean, I, I definitely agree with everything you said on the, you know, the mentor piece. I have had similar experiences. I haven't had a sponsor or a real mentor during my career. And that's been a big struggle for me. As an Asian woman, it's been hard to even find role models because that you can look up to because you don't really see many Asian women at the highest levels in the practice of law. And, you know, and one unique challenge that I've faced as a woman during my career is that my husband is successful. And because of that, I've had, you know, both men and women ask me if I'm going to retire or make comments like insinuating that it doesn't really matter if I'm that successful because he's successful. And you don't really hear people telling men who are, you know, really well off or have a successful partner that they should be less ambitious or be content with less just because there's somebody else successful in their family. And I, for a long time, I struggled with it. I don't know if it's like a Midwest or a Cincinnati thing where 2021, it's odd to have two successful working professionals in one household. I've learned to kind of balance those comments and not take them to heart and 
realize that other people's opinions or view of me shouldn't affect my life or how I carry myself or what I want my goals to be. So I have to comment on that, Sonia, because I feel it's sort of funny that you say that. When I had my first baby, when I told people I was pregnant, I would follow it up immediately by, and this is 2008, so almost 13 years ago, I would follow it up immediately by, but don't worry, I'm coming back to work. And I can't tell you how many men said to me, that's what my wife said too. And I would respond, my husband's a public defender. I promise you I'm coming back. (laughs) So not to say he's not successful because he is, but I was like desperate to make sure they believed me that I was coming back. So I was like, I'm, I'm the breadwinner. I have to come back. Okay. So please trust me and believe me. But it was so bad because I truly felt like I had to prove to them that I was going to come back to work. Now with my second baby, it wasn't a big issue at all. Like nobody even remotely questioned it. They were like, have the baby, hurry up and come back. So you both kind of touched on this a bit, but I'm curious, you talked about lacks of mentorship and available role models in your careers. How did you deal with that void, I guess, of having someone that you could turn to and ask these questions about how to approach your career or just interpersonal relations in the firm? And did you find role models or mentors outside of maybe even the legal profession who helped guide you towards your goals? Yeah, for me, I really relied on close friends and family members. And some of those friends are, are within the firm that have given me support and guidance. And I've noticed some of the, the best friends I have that have given me guidance and support aren't necessarily in my practice group or in the same office. It's sometimes nice to be able to reach out to somebody who isn't involved in your day-to-day and can give you an objective opinion and guidance. And I have friends of all different levels at the firm. I've also you know, relied on my, my husband a lot. He himself has faced a lot of obstacles in his life and was told that what he wanted to accomplish in his career was flat out impossible. And he decided for himself that there was no other option than to do what he wanted to do. And so he's really taught me that just because somebody doesn't see something for you themselves or, you know, have tried to make decisions for you about what your career should look like or what your path in life should look like, that doesn't mean you can't see it for yourself and, you know, carve your own path. Yeah. I mean, For me, like I said, I did not have the opportunity to have a female mentor either inside the firm or outside the firm. But what I really learned and what we really try to push even today is that mentoring women is not just up to women. It's up to everybody. And I was very fortunate that I worked with a couple of men who really understood that and that they saw my successes as their own and truly did believe in me even when I was questioning myself and my own value. So I had an opportunity to leave at one point and I felt like it was the right choice for me because I was feeling undervalued at the time. And this was when I was an associate and really the male mentors that I had rallied around me and made promises and commitments to me. If you say, we'll make sure that these opportunities are given to you. And they really came through on that. And so really, when you look for mentorship, it is really important to see people like yourself. And I really strongly believe it's important to have mentors or people on your quote unquote board of directors, right, that understand your challenges. But it also is very valuable to get mentorship in places that you would least expect it because those types of champions help you see the world differently 
And they also open up other doors for you that maybe only they have access to. So, you know, I feel pretty strongly about trying to diversify the people in my life that I get advice from or that I go to when I have these issues. I would tell people really don't be afraid if you are finding yourself being mentored by someone different than you. I would still seek out those opportunities to find people that understand your journey but there is a lot of value in seeking out and, and working with somebody who has a different perspective. And there's a lot, a lot that you will teach that person too, that, you know, is an unexpected part of that mentor mentee relationship. It sounds like um, both of you have, you know, gained a wealth of experience and knowledge over your careers. I'd love to hear what advice you would give yourself immediately after graduating college and as a mid-level associate. Um, you know, mine are kind of tied together I, um, in terms of what advice I would give myself. You know, I graduated college in, in two and a half years, and I think I went to law school when I was like 20. And if I could go back in time, I would tell myself how important it is to just enjoy the journey. And the journey is just as important, if not as important as the destination. And, you know, everything isn't just about working hard to achieve a goal. You kind of have to love what you're doing in the moment. Otherwise, you might look back and realize, like, all the sweat, tears, and effort and think, like, what was this all for? So, I mean, I think, I think that's relevant to both graduating from college and as a mid-level associate. And kind of just like a common theme for me, you know, as a mid-level associate, again, is very important to be a team player, be respectful and do things people ask you to do. But also if you have a gut feeling about something, don't ignore it and don't let people decide for you what your career should look like or what they want you to do. If you want to do something, um, you should go after it and really carve your own path and just don't let other people define who you are. It's so funny. I didn't know you graduated from college that quickly. I graduated from college early too. If I could talk to Tracy, who was 21, I would be like, chill out. Like, right. it's okay, you are going to be successful. But I had so much I wanted to prove and I was so ready to go. So that would be, and I would say go travel Europe more. Definitely go travel Europe more. Uh, but mid-level associate, I have very similar advice to Sonia is you really have to decide for yourself what you want your career to look like and how that fits with the rest of your life. Not everybody has goals to have a family. Some people have certain goals to travel to certain places, or I'm going to run a marathon or a triathlon or, you know, different types of goals. And you got to include those in your plan. Because when I was a mid-level associate, I was trying to plan when I wanted to start my family. And I, at one point realized I was letting my career dictate when I was going to have my kids as opposed to what I actually wanted. And I really forced myself out of that mindset. And I thought, you know, I'm good enough. I deserve to be here. I deserve to be a partner. It should not matter when I have my kids and I'm going to have them when I want to have them. And I am so glad that I figured out how to change that mindset because I was really falling into that path of I'm going to be everything that they want me to be and I'm going to do it perfect and I'm going to do it right on schedule and here's the checklist. Sonia and I are very similar like tell me how to be successful and I'm going to check all those boxes and make you so proud of me and sometimes you have to think about what is going to make you proud of yourself and so 
and not just sometimes, a lot of times. And so I really, as a mid-level associate, had to think about, I can be successful and still be true to what I want and my values and had to really push myself to be comfortable kind of bucking what I thought everybody wanted from me. And that's a hard thing to do as an associate. And that's why it's so great to have mentors. And I think female mentors as a woman, because I now I'm like kind of mother, old mother earth around here. I've been around here for so long. Women come to tell me I'm thinking about having a baby or I want to have a baby. And my response is, oh, that's so exciting. You know, I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them. And I think that helps them feel more comfortable. They can make these choices and share it. And so we need more of people encouraging the associates, you know, be true to your life plan. Obviously you're here, work hard. You got to do the the client work and you got to do it well, but that doesn't mean you have to leave behind kind of the dreams and goals that you've already had as a part of who you are all along. So great to hear Tracy too, because as a mid-level associate, these things are certainly at the top of mind for me as I'm thinking about the career that I want here and also parts of my personal life, my own goals. And it's at the top of my mind too, because I got engaged over the weekend. So as I'm considering, thanks everyone. So this seems especially relevant, I think, Tracy and Sonia, uh, your perspectives and how you've been able to literally marry uh, both your career and your personal life and your family and have success in both buckets that are obviously so important to you both. And I'd also like to turn back to our reason for today's discussion, which is the theme of this year's International Women's Day, and that's choose to challenge. What does that mean to each of you? And how would you encourage your fellow lawyers to do this, how to really act on that theme in practice? So choosing to challenge is a great theme because we're all facing a ton of weird, unique challenges right now, but we have to choose our battles, right? And the way that we do that is by deciding our priorities and what our mission statement is for ourselves. And what does it mean to be Tracy Betts or Sonia Jindal Tork? What does it mean to me? And I'm going to challenge anybody that tries to force me into a box that doesn't fit with my value set or my mission and goal for life. So I think all of us here at TAF feel very strong about being great lawyers and doing great work. And I think that most everybody here also values everybody's individual self. And we need to challenge this idea that we can't be both of those things. You know, I'm constantly trying to challenge myself with goals and writing them down. And I'll be like, this is what I wanna hit this year in these numbers and in my personal life. I'm a runner. This is what I want to run this year. And with my kids, this is the goal. I'm constantly because I'm, again, a box checker and that helps keep me on track. But you do have to identify what it is, who am I and what is it that I want to be different? And so the way I think you push other people to do that is by challenging them to be a part of that process. When I'm trying to meet certain goals here at the firm, I really enjoy working in a team and I'm constantly trying to challenge my team to meet those goals with me. And part of that is, again, the message of we're all in this together and it does not matter that you don't have kids, you're engaged, I have kids, Sonia has three, I have two. You know, all of us have something in our personal lives that we care about that also enhances what we're doing here professionally too, in some way. And so we just have to remind everybody that we're whole people And we're here to do great work. And we do great work when we're all supporting each other. 
Uh, you know, the only thing I might add is, you know, I think if you're like in a position of power or really have a seat at the table or some other type of platform, you have the opportunity and kind of depending on your position, some would say responsibility to challenge yourself, to take a risk, to call out inequities when you see them, um, advocate for others and speak up even when it's uncomfortable or not considered strategic or the right political move. I think if we truly want to be the modern law firm of the future, um, we all have a responsibility to speak up and make sure that women and all diverse talent are represented at all levels of our organization down to the, the teams that are serving our clients. So that I think that's a the challenge that can be applicable to everybody on some level. This has really been wonderful. Um, and I think you both have such a wealth of knowledge and it's been so great to have this conversation with you both. I appreciate that. But I want to say thank you to you guys for doing this. You guys are in such a different position than we were in our kind of growing up. And I'm so excited to see all the dynamic younger women that we have at this firm. It is so fun to think about what this firm's going to look like in 10 years because we're retaining our women like never before. We're attracting the best talent. And as we see the committees are being made up of 50% women and we just see how diverse we're becoming, I, I think it's really exciting to look at your generation and think how much better of a law firm we're going to be because of it. And so I feel like Gen Xer, we're still kind of stumbling our way through, but you guys have lived this in a different way where it's really been always a part of your core mission, male and female. And, uh, and I really love a lot of the male colleagues that you guys have too, that are so committed to this. And so I can just tell meeting you guys today, how successful you'll be. So thank you for taking the time. And, and we're really excited to see your guys' success here as well. Great. Well, thank you, everyone. This was a very insightful discussion. I really enjoyed hearing from all of you as well. Thanks so much for your time and for being on our podcast today.